Life is complicated. The hustle and bustle of the world we live in can be overwhelming. Sports Network. BYU 35 and Stanford 26 is our final score. Time now for our post-game honorees. We'll start off with our Waystar star of the game. It is brought to you by Waystar, simplifying healthcare payments. Learn more at waystar.com. And on a night when BYU dominated on the ground, rushing for 358 yards officially, Christopher Brooks with 23 carries and a BYU career-high 164 yards is our Waystar star of the game. I thought Chris kind of set a really good tone for BYU the way he ran. 23 carries for a buck 64. Didn't score tonight, but uh, so much of the heavy lifting for BYU was done by Christopher Brooks. Yeah, I mean, it was great to see him. I mentioned that uh, this is a former rival of his, having started and played the majority of his career at Cal, so very familiar with Stanford and the challenge that they pose. And he uh, came prepared today to meet and exceed that challenge, having a career day for the BYU Cougars. And uh, in his last regular season, in the 12th game of the only season that he's had with the Cougars, it was a pleasure to watch. And uh, Chris Brooks's total tonight, uh, the most he's ever rushed for in an, against an FBS opponent, 164 yards during his time at Cal. He had a game of 197 against, uh, against UC Davis, but against FBS opponents, a new high watermark for Chris, and he's our Waystar star of the game, brought to you by Waystar. Simplifying healthcare payments, learn more at waystar.com. Time for our Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game, brought to you by Palmer's Metal Mart. Palmer's Metal Mart, your local metal supplier for over 26 years. Riley, who do you like? for a Metal Mart steel man of the game. Now, it's not going to be much, but uh, I'm going to put Lorenzo Faotea. He was only, the stats only have him for a sack and a half, but he had an additional couple quarterback hits. If we want to, I was happy with the three sacks that BYU produced, their second highest total, so we could, everyone who's credited with the sack, Tyler Batty had a solo, Gabe Judy Lally and Lorenzo Faotea had a com- combination tack, sack, and Lorenzo Faotea had a solo sack, but, uh, but three sacks, three tackles, for loss. Great job by the defense playing in the other team's backfield. Uh, Lorenzo Fawatea, our steel man of the game. I like it. BYU wins it by a score of 35-26. This game was a 28-12 at halftime. BYU scored only one touchdown in the second half, but it came on a Puka Nakua scamper to the end zone that sounded like this. Twins to the right, twins to the left, and there'll be an option end around to Puka. Wide field for Puka. 20, 15, 10, 5, pylon, touchdown! Touchdown, Puka Nakua! The touchdown run... On the end around, and it's 34 to 12 BYU. And and it was indeed an option reverse look end around as uh, Jacob Conover took it to the left, and instead of pitching it to the option back, instead he uh, just gave a little shove to uh, Puka Nakua, who came around from the left to the right and takes it in for the score, 25 yards on the rush. It capped a 10-play, 87-yard drive, the longest drive of the night for BYU. 5:28 off the clock, BYU led them 35-12. Ends up winning at 35-26. Stanford did score the final two touchdowns of the game. It ends up being a nine-point win for BYU. The Cougs end up with 451 rushing uh, total yards to Stanford's 371. BYU 93 passing, 358 rushing. Stanford 318 passing, 53 rushing. BYU of note after an 11 penalty or 13 penalty, 132 yard. No penalties tonight for BYU. Yeah. No penalties. A penalty-free game for BYU. 26 first downs to Stanford's 20. BYU good on third down, 6 of 9. Stanford 7 of 13. Total plays, BYU ran one more, 72 to 61, or rather 62 to 61. Yards per play, 
BYU 7.3, Stanford 6.1. BYU perfect in the red zone, 2 of 2. Stanford perfect in the red zone, 4 for 4. BYU had the ball for almost 5 minutes longer than Stanford tonight. There were no turnovers either team. BYU had a turnover on downs. Jaron Hall before leaving with a right ankle injury, 7 for 11, 93 and 2 scores. Still a pass efficiency rating of 194.7. Chris Brooks is noted, BYU's leading ground gainer, 23 for 164. Hinkley Ropati, 9 for 85 and a score. Chris Brooks had no score, 23-164. Uh, Jaron Hall, 11 for 69 and a touchdown. And Puka Nakua, 3 for 38 and a touchdown. Puka led BYU in receptions with 3 for 33 yards. Isaac Rex led in yards, 2 for 44 and two touchdowns. BYU improves to 7-5. They open up 4-1. Then they were 4-5 and five after a four-game losing skid, and now Riley, it's their first three-game win streak of the season. On to the bowl game, a great way to finish strong. A lot of people were ready to give up on this BYU team, and I think they had to reach deep down and decide for themselves what they were going to make of this 2022 season. And uh, it... it uh to, after that disheartening loss, last-second field goal loss as uh, time running out against East Carolina to pick themselves up by their bootstraps and come back and get a win against Boise and finish out the month of November undefeated uh, to prepare for what will soon be a bowl game, likely an early bowl game, so these guys will get back and probably continue practicing. At least, that, at least historically, that's what's happened with BYU. They tend to get the earlier mm-hmm. bowl game choices um, and uh, continue that practice, continue that development. We saw some young players. We've seen the emergence of a guy like Hinkley Rapati and some other players as the season's uh, gone on who give us a lot of excitement. And, uh, man, just... Uh it wasn't. Uh, I think. So, I think a lot of people maybe had BYU somewhere around seven or eight wins uh, all the way back at the preseason. You definitely didn't think it was going to come in the major swings that it did, but uh, this was a tremendous punctuation on the two, th- two, 2022 BYU football regular season. He is Riley Nelson. I'm Greg Grubel. We'll be joined by Mitchell Jurgens in our post game coverage, and that'll start after this. After Jason Shepard takes it away from Cougar uh, post game live studios in Provo. Jason's coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time for Cougar post game live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. BYU wraps up the regular season at Stanford, and they do it with a 35-26 victory. BYU gets the win, wrapping up the regular season, and now waiting to find out which bowl they will play in, and who the bowl opponent will be. Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live. It is presented by Big O Tires. Go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. I don't know too many uh, BYU fans that would have felt too optimistic about BYU's chances in any game if I told you that the end result was 93 passing yards. Yet, BYU wins comfortably with 451 total yards, 358 of that coming on the ground. The ground game was BYU's friend, and it was dominant today. Christopher Brooks, 23 carries, 164 yards, a long of 19. Hinkley Ropati, 9 for 85 and a touchdown. Jaron Hall, 11 for 69 and a touchdown. Puka Nakua, 3 for 38 and a touchdown. Let's go over that number again. 
358 rushing yards for the BYU Cougars. And I know Greg was talking about this during the broadcast. BYU bookended their first game and their last game of the regular season with over 300 yards on the ground, and both were victories. But uh, pretty crazy that BYU can throw for 93 yards and win pretty comfortably. And I know, look, I don't know how some of you felt, but I didn't feel like this game was ever in doubt. Even sort of the the crazy things that were happening, and even without the, the botched, you know, a snap that would have led to a field goal or, excuse me, an extra point. I, I just, I didn't at any point feel like BYU was going to lose this game. I, I kind of felt like BYU had this game in control and kind of cruised 35-26 to the win despite sort of a late fury by the Stanford Cardinal. And look, this is now a three-game winning streak to end the regular season for BYU after falling Uh, in the middle of the year to four losses in a row, and BYU is kind of searching for something to get right. Then they got the the win at Boise State. They get the bye week. They have Utah Tech. They beat Stanford, and now you're feeling pretty good. Obviously, one of the big questions is the health of Jaron Hall. Now, we know he didn't come back in with the ankle injury. I will tell you, and obviously this is not anything scientific, but I'm sure for the rest of you, if you were you saw him on the sideline, there was nothing in his demeanor that at least looked like he was overly concerned about anything. He had that typical Jaron Hall smile and looked very confident and was walking around. I didn't even notice much of a limp when he was walking out onto the field during that last time out. So it does not certainly appear that it's anything serious, but again, you know, you, you don't want to speculate on stuff like that, but just his demeanor on the sideline did not make it come across as if it was something serious, which is certainly good news. Hopefully something we'll get an update on when we hear from head coach Kalani Satake or even Jaron Hall after the game. But the day for Jaron Hall, 7 of 11, 93 yards passing, two touchdowns. We already mentioned his 11 carries on the ground for 69 yards and a touchdown. Just a really good win overall for the BYU Cougars. Fans, remember when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50. That's BYU50. You can get that on the app or at PapaJohns.com. This coming Monday, you'll receive 50% off pizza. So use the promo code BYU50 on the app or at PapaJohns.com coming up on Monday to receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location on Monday only good team win for the BYU Cougars and now we wait to find out what bowl they'll play in and I think there was a lot of hope that maybe BYU would be able to have that information by now Uh, I I think the next step is now you you say well probably you would find out sometime this week I I guess that's not guaranteed but I, I think that would seem logical that the Cougars would find out the good news is BYU now has 15 extra practices to get ready for the bowl game and coaches love that they love the opportunity to have 15 more practices with their players it's a great way not just to extend this season but also to prepare for the offseason prepare for spring ball and all of that it's a, it's an opportunity to get extra time with your team especially with the players that will be returning all right coming up on the other side it's been a very busy day in college football we'll hit all of the games in the top 25 plus 
BYU Women's Basketball in action earlier today at the Marriott Center hosting Ball State. We'll give you an update on that game as well. The Cougars get the win 35-26 at Stanford. More Cougar Post Game Live coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Jason Shepard. Cougar Post Game Live is presented by Big O Tires. Welcome back to our BYU Radio Studios. BYU 35, Stanford 26. Tonight marks the first ever victory for BYU football against the Stanford Cardinal. Coming in tonight, the Cougars were 0-2. Those two games, one being played in Provo, one being played in at Stanford in 2003 and 2004. So that was certainly a topic of discussion for Kalani Satake heading into this week to look to snap that uh, 0-2 record against Stanford, and they have done that, getting the win again 35-26. Lots of college football games to update you on. A very busy day on this Saturday, which is now Sunday, at least in the Mountain Time Zone and elsewhere. I think you you obviously have 22 more minutes if you're in the Pacific Time Zone to enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Number one, Georgia, defeating Georgia Tech 37-14. to Number three, Michigan wins at number two, Ohio State 45-23. to Iowa State on the road at fourth-ranked TCU. The Horn Frogs go, get the win going away 62 62- 14 is the final score. TCU getting ready to lock itself up in the college football playoff. We'll have those rankings coming out next week. Number five, LSU upset at Texas A&M. The Aggies get the win 38-23. to At the Coliseum tonight, number six, USC defeating 15th ranked Notre Dame 38-27. to Number seven, Alabama wins at home over Auburn 49-27. to South Carolina with the one-point upset at number 8 Clemson, 31-30, is the final score. A crazy game in Corvallis. Number 9 Oregon, at the time, it was uh, five five minutes remaining in the third, and Oregon looked like they were cruising to the win. They ended up losing. It is 38-34, final score, Oregon State over Oregon. It sounds like Kalani Satake is talking post-game. Let's head back out to Stanford and listen to his post-game comments. Looking forward to bowl prep and um, finding out the destination. Not really that important to me or, or even the opponent right now. So it's just uh, extending the uh, bowl prep and having extra practices. That's going to be key for our program, especially for our development or young guys. So. Any questions you guys may have? Is Jaron done for the season? No, no, but I think Jaron's going to be fine for the bowl game. So you seem to be Yeah, I think when we were looking at it uh, coming back, I think it was going to be difficult for him to function at a high level. And so I made the decision to keep him out. Um, felt good about it. But he feels good about doing it to come back. We x rayed it and they're all negative. So. Kind of the story of your season is nothing comes easy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, well, you have to give credit to a lot of guys that we play. They just keep finding a way to keep, you know, ran into Stanford on their senior day, the senior night. I mean, they, they obviously wanted to, to win this game, and knowing that they're not going to a bowl game, they I thought they put everything they could into this game plan, and um, 
you know, they caught us at the right time. We, we were not able to um, still be dominant on the defensive side. I thought it was good to be able to stop the run, but um, you know, with a talent like Tanner McKee, those guys can they can throw the ball every down, and, and that's pretty much what they they did. I mean, looking at um, the amount of times that he threw, and um, just didn't get enough disruption on him in the uh, the backfield. But <clears throat> but I think uh, for the most part, guys felt good felt good about our. Defending them, making it hard on them, and then um, just felt like the offense, you know, Erod and the guys on offense felt really good about the run game, and so they just wanted to keep going to that, and, and uh, I didn't complain about it. Well, yeah, we're trying a lot of different things, and maybe just simple is the, is the way to go. I thought maybe we overthought it a little bit, and, um, but we'll, you know, good to get get some stuff on film, but. Uh, we need to start converting those and, and, and flipping the uh, conversion our way a little bit more. So, uh, not happy about that, but uh, something to work on for the next time. And you know, and, and uh, I just I just like the way uh, Chris and and uh, sorry Chris and, and Ropati ran the ball. I thought they uh, made some big plays. I thought there was like maybe one missed tackle, one breaking tackle to to spring a big one. And um, but credit, I, I think Stanford. You know, they, they, they started to play tougher defense and made cleaner tackles, and and it was kind of a battle towards the end. Chris hasn't been a workload back until really tonight. What kind of change to make that happen? I don't know. I, I thought he ran really physical last week, you know what I mean? And I think he's just, I think the injury and having him be out, I think he's got a little bit of a, uh, taking out his anger on the field, which I'm really good with, you know, so... Uh, we got one more go with him, and, and uh, I thought he played physical, put his head down, and ran some people over. And uh, we wanted to, you know, show some physical play, and I thought he did. I thought the old line did some good things in run block, and that's why we ran it so many times. Um, we felt like we can go there. We only threw the ball 12 times, so I thought that was, I thought it was a good mixture of the run game. Let 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 Chris, you know, I don't think we ever did this. Let him run 23 times. I felt like he was getting stronger towards the end, and we've we've had some, uh, you know, some some success with guys that can do that. Lopini was sick and hurt, and just not able to go, so he missed a lot of practice this week due to illness, and that was the main reason why he didn't he didn't make the trip. Kalani, the sequence right before halftime where they got the four-yard field goal, should the clock have? Yeah, I was talking to the refs about it because it didn't seem like they had enough time, but the malfunction of the clock allowed them to put one more second on and allowed them to get their kick team ready. I was looking for an explanation. I, I, from my understanding, you're not allowed to make a, do a play with that much time. It had to be three seconds or so. And so I think the malfunction and adding the one second created time for them to get their kick team ready. And I took a timeout. So they were going to start the clock on the whistle, and Stanford was going to snap the ball on the whistle. So they were going to get a play, and just wanted to get a good block in. in and I mean, the kicker made made the kick. So um, it's just unfortunate the timing and everything. But <clears throat> you know, just from what I understood, then the refs explained it to me, and that's just the the malfunction of the the clock. So it, it worked in there to benefit them this time. Along those same lines, what was the explanation from the refs on that? Uh yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in the booth and seeing all of it. So, I, 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 from the replays that we saw on the field, it didn't seem like um, his toe or anything touched. So, I, I don't know. 
I think they must have saw something and and uh, karma, bad snap, and so it happens. What's the initial insight on Keanu Hill? Saw he got banged up with like a wrist. Or yeah, a lot of guys got banged up, but I, from what we're seeing, nothing, nothing. Uh, uh, the Saudi Jared and others, they don't feel like either those guys and Keanu are out for the year. So, does this feel like a have a, a positive note for a season that? had a lot of ups and downs. Does it feel like this team finally played at its best? Yeah, I feel like we played at some moments at our best. You know, I, I, my goal is to put 60 minutes together that we can do that consistently. And, um, you know, I, I think the game plan when you're going through it and you're looking at, I don't know if we planned on running how many times, 50 times, but um, if we need to, we can. And so I, I like the fact that the guys stuck with the run play and I thought we were able to get some pressure on the quarterback. On defense, I thought special teams was clean. I mean, um, overall, good win. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's something that the, that the BYU team's not been able to do, and that's beat Stanford. So these guys did it. Um, and, you know, looking at the uh, the year as a whole now, sitting at 7-5, there's a lot of guys that predicted that would happen. You know, and now they're all surprised by it. I just What I've seen is from the beginning to the end, there's been a lot of progress in our program. A lot of things that we know and we're better, and I think we're well equipped going to this bowl game on uh, getting our team ready for, for uh, springboarding to 2023, but focused on this bowl game right now. You mentioned last week wanting to see Jake Connor throw a little bit more. Um, when he came to the game, was it just by nature how the game played out that he didn't get more throws? Or? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was the time, <laughs> but. Um, <coughs> You know, looking at it, it's like Jaron threw 11 times, so I don't know if we planned on that. But I felt like looking at the offensive game plan, we just felt like we, we were doing good with the run game and, and make them stop it first. You know, so that's that was the uh, that was the outcome right there. It, it doesn't really matter to me. I just want to get the win. And I felt like we could have made it a lot easier on ourselves early, but you have to give Stanford credit for making plays and, and try to stay in it. What becomes the schedule for, for you and the staff and program, Kalani, between now and when the bowl gets announced next week? Yeah, we got to get back to work. I mean, obviously those guys are going to heal up, but I think that, I think we take advantage of getting back to work and working some of the young guys, getting better with our fundamentals and our technique. And um, There's going to be quite a few guys that, that are, with the red shirt rule, that are going to be able to play. And uh, what's, what's holding them out from playing, especially special teams now, is that they're they just weren't uh, able to practice enough to, to understand the scheme. And so going into this last match, we see a lot of new faces, guys that are going to be uh, here definitely for next year and, and got to work a minute. I mean, they've, they've given us the opportunity to play in four games, and there's some that we've got to hold them out for that. But I, I feel really good about the guys that are going to be able to play and take the field. Are you expecting any opt-outs or guys moving on with the transfer portal window opening up? Are you expecting that? I haven't heard that from any of the guys. And we spend quite a bit of time, especially in the bye week, talking to them. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't anticipate that, but that's kind of that's been a thing, you know. So we'll communicate and talk, and then and obviously we, we have to decide what's best for the players and what's best for the team, and that may happen. I don't know, but I'm not anticipating it right now. Any other questions? All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Was the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, after the Cougars get the win, 35-26 at Stanford. I would say the best thing he said was the news about 
quarterback Jaron Hall, where and, and it, like I said, it kind of looked this way. He was walking on the sideline. He uh, that Kalani had said that uh, X-rays were negative, uh, and that he expects him to be ready for the bowl game. So certainly good news with uh, BYU quarterbacks and uh, the situation with Jaron Hall uh, injuring that ankle late in the game coming out. Jacob Conover comes in, throws one pass, uh, but basically because of the way that the running game was going, he just kept handing it off and BYU is getting chunks. But certainly good news to hear that Jaron Hall is going to be okay. All right, we'll take a break, come back. We'll hit the rest of the top 25 scores when we come back. BYU gets the win at Stanford. More Cougar Post Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougars improved to 7-5 and five with an opportunity to go 8-5 and five on the season with a bowl victory. 35-26, the final score tonight from Stanford as the Cougars wrap up the regular season. Everybody's expecting to find out BYU's bowl and opponents sometime within the next week. Then it's all about the practices, preparing for the bowl game, and then getting into the offseason. All right, before we went to listen to head coach Kalani Sitake's postgame comments, we were going over the top 25 scoreboard. Let's go to one that I, I mentioned as I was going to the interview. Number 21, Oregon State with the upset of number 9, Oregon 38-34. Number 10, Tennessee shutting out Vanderbilt 56 to nothing. 11th-ranked Penn State defeating Michigan State 35-16. In the Battle of K-State and Kansas, the Wildcats get the 20-point victory, 47-27 over the Jayhawks. Number 13, Washington winning at Washington State tonight, 51-33. Utah winning at Colorado, 63-21. UCF getting the win at South Florida, 46-39. And Kentucky upsets number 25, Louisville, 26 13 Earlier today at the Marriott Center was BYU Women's Basketball hosting Ball State. Cougars fall at home 61-56. Let's see, let's, uh, let's see. BYU now uh, will have uh, two games next week, and it looks like we should be heading back to Stanford. Uh, Gabe Julie Lolly and uh, Blake Freeland at the podium. Let's listen in. If we wanted to go to a bowl game, and so it started off at Boise State, and it just continued since then. So overall, it's just been pretty great. Blake, how gratifying was it for the offensive line to run for what you guys did and just dominate the line It was good. It was exciting to get the ball in our hands. Uh, the running backs were killing it. They're running really hard downhill, uh, making great plays. Um, it was just I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to run the rock as, as well as we did and as much as we did. Blake, what do you, what do you make of some of the short guards? failures that this team has had. Um, what do you kind of attribute to that? Um, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure, honestly. Um, I think, I think uh, there are times where we just need to execute a little bit better, one block away, uh, one guy straining a little bit harder, uh, running through tackles, blocking guys harder. But it's just, it's just little things. Kalani kind of mentioned that you guys are trying a lot of different types of plays in those situations to see what works. Like, is, from your perspective, is that like the offense is kind of trying to work through to see which yeah, yeah, we've been we've been trying different things, and um, we just we just gotta get something to hit, you know. Blake, what was maybe the the mindset or the kind of the attitude of the offense after Jerry went down? What was when Jacob stepped in? 
Um, I mean, Jake's a great quarterback, and we kind of just took it in stride. Um, no, one, no one freaked out about Jaron being down. He's a great, great quarterback, but um, we just needed to continue doing what we were doing. And as an offensive line, we knew uh, in the fourth quarter that we needed to run the ball, and that's kind of – we just tried to put our head down and get that done. Okay, how much – you know, rushing coverage works together at the end of the day, and so it just builds confidence when we're in coverage. We know that we can cover for a longer period of time. Uh, we know that they're going to get there, so if we do our job within the first couple seconds, then um, it's going to be a good play. Um, overall, I'm just proud of the boys up front. They really strained today, and um, it just helped us really jump out to early lead. And um, after that, just continue to pile it on. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Blake, we saw you uh, earlier this week accepted a senior bowl invite. Are you planning on playing in the bowl game, whatever team that is? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm planning on finishing out the season, and we'll see from there. What What are your plans after the season with that senior bowl invite? Or uh, is this your last game going to be? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure yet. We'll, we'll see. Any other questions? Yeah, kind of a similar question, but what was working so much for the boys up front to where they were really not just getting after the quarterback and stuff in the run like they were? Honestly, we knew that they were banged up, and they had a lot of new guys up there in the line. And just from watching film, we saw that um, when he got flustered with a lot of people coming after him, he wouldn't be able to throw the ball pretty well. So we just did what uh, Kalani schemed up, and it worked yeah, overall. Uh, the boys have just been working really hard. We saw it in practice all week long. And so for them to be able to do it on game day, it wasn't something that was much of a surprise to us. It was more or less like we're getting the job done. So it was super awesome at the end of the day. All right, thank you. All right, those were the post-game comments of cornerback Gabe Judy Lolly as well as offensive lineman Blake Freeland after the Cougars get the win at Stanford 35-26. to That's going to do it for... The, this portion of Cougar Post Game Live presented by Big O Tires. Coming up next, we'll get you back out for more Cougar Post Game Live in Stanford with Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Jurgens. That's all coming up next. BYU gets the win, 35-26. You heard it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Greg Rubel. Here at Stanford, Jaron Hall and Isaac Rex speaking to the media. Let's hear from them. Have a lot of fun. Isaac, that, your second touchdown catch, was that by chance the same play call as where he hurt your ankle against USC? No, that was different. We actually did run that play. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this week's been crazy because a lot of emotions, you know, like it's the anniversary of meeting her whatever. So, but man, it was this today went a lot better than last year. So, credit to Jaron, credit to the team. It was a fun game. What were your thoughts going through your head when they did call that call that team play? Uh, I was like, oh wait, this is the same play. <laughs> but it was on that corner route, I think. Um, yeah, it was a good defense by the other guy, but make sure to throw it away. No, you're good. But uh, yeah, it was. I was like, oh, this is the same play. Hopefully, I can get a touchdown on it. But <laughs> it's all good. Jarens, what's causing the short yardage issues for this offense right now? Do not know. 
It's not, it's not uh, making a play, not getting a yard. You can rush for 360 yards and then you know, short yardage. I don't know. Something we definitely need to figure out. We don't want to get him left to do it, but uh, yeah, just, just lack of execution. It all comes down to. Couldn't, I don't know what one thing we can point to, but uh, yeah, it's been disappointing. As we heard a little from Jaron about the, the rushing effort on the offense and everything on the line, what was working so well in your summer you just closer to that old line, I guess, kind of playing and playing out? What was working so well from you? Yeah, I felt like we were really physical tonight. Um, we obviously have a chip on the shoulder because early in the year we weren't running the ball as effectively. So um, that's been an emphasis for the O-line, for um, tight ends, for running backs, is let's get that run game going, help Jaron out, help the receivers out. And uh, work tonight, it was a thing of beauty, like Jaron said, watching it all unfold. And Chris, you could see his jersey after the game, just green and red and white and all over. He's like such – he was killing it tonight, and Hinkley also. So um, – those guys are warriors, and we wanted to open some holes up for them and make it easy, their life easy. Jaron, why do you think nothing really came easy for this team this whole year? Like, even in wins? Yeah. I, I just think we're a team that can handle it. You know, you talk about, you know, why things happen in life, and I think there's a lot of stuff we can learn from. You know, you want to talk stuff off the field personally and talk stuff on the field. I just think we're a group of tough, tough dudes that can get through hard things in life, and it just so happened that, 2022 football season for BYU was a tough thing for all of us, you know, so I think there's things we can all learn from that. Um, but I just think, you know, we're a team that can handle that. Um, you know, and obviously we, made, we came up short in so many ways, but uh, that, that's what I think makes, you know, this win in these last few weeks feel so good, being able to come battle back from that and make some positive out of it. Any other questions? Isaac, this could be potentially the last Power 5 team, depending on who you guys get the bowl that you play the Big 12. Like, do you think this yeah, I feel like any win's important, you know, for the upcoming mean classes. You want to show the younger guys this is how you do it. This is you want to send, you know, the seniors out the right way. It's it's important to win, you know. It's uh, everything goes better when we win. So um, yeah, it was awesome tonight. Any All right, thanks guys. Thanks guys. All right, that's a Jaron Hall and Isaac Rex will take a break, and we believe that Mitchell Jurgens will be able to have a BYU player with him, and we'll have that queued up for you after this. Our final score is BYU 35 and Stanford uh, 26 on the news. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's pause 10 seconds for a station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Final score, BYU 35 and Stanford 26. BYU wins a game with fewer than 100 passing yards for the first time in six years. Last time BYU won a game and didn't pass for 100 yards, it was against Wyoming in the Poinsettia Bowl of 2016, the Josh Allen Wyoming Cowboys. BYU won that. Remember, it was a rain game yeah. and uh, had to really rely more on the ground. Jamal Williams had a big night, only 93 passing yards, or 96 passing yards that night, and BYU won Wyoming, uh, defeated Wyoming. Last time they won a game under 100, that was uh, six years ago. Yeah, that's interesting. It, v- dictated by the circumstances, no right. doubt. Tonight, obviously, BYU could have done whatever, and I uh, 
obviously Kalani's um, post-game comments said, like, listen, guys, don't overcomplicate it. Whatever's working, keep doing it until it's not working anymore. And the run game was working all night. They didn't need to do anything differently. All right, you heard from uh, Blake Freeland, uh, Gabe Judy Lally, Jaron Hall, Isaac Rex, of course, BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Kalani will join us on the headset coming up in a little bit, and we hope that in a moment or two from now, uh, Mitchell Juergens may be able to speak with another BYU player before we hear from the head coach, the Cougars. We're going to see if maybe Chris Brooks can join Mitch, and then Mitch and Chris can converse for a little bit. Chris had a big night. Chris Brooks, 23 carries, 164 yards. It's the second most rushing yards Chris has had in a game as a collegiate rusher. His only higher rushing yardage tally came against UC Davis. So against an FBS opponent, uh, tonight's total of a th- uh, 164 yards is a new high water mark for Chris. And uh, Chris toting the rock uh, 23 times. And so that number is also, uh, again, uh, it, it kind of takes you back to uh, the, uh, the South Florida game in terms of yardage. But uh, that was only 13 carries. In fact, just guess real quick. Um, Chris Brooks's season high in carries before today. Yeah. Um, was it that 13? Maybe Four, 14 yeah. Notre Dame. Wow. So he almost, uh, you know, from 14 to 23, uh, his new high carry mark was set today as he goes 23 for a buck 64, 7.1 yards per carry, the long of 19. So with a long of 19, that means he's doing a lot of, uh, you know, just kind of grinding stuff, and that was who he was tonight. Yeah, it. Uh, although it didn't feel grinding because the offensive line was doing a good job getting a lot of push. First contact was often four to six yards after the line of scrimmage, and then he'd make a move or break a tackle or just drive a pile to, you know, keep his average up high and uh yeah unfortunately i mean jaron ripped off a big one obviously uh, puka on the reverse and and uh, hinkley had his big 43 yard run but uh, you're right uh, chris brooks most of his running was done between the tackles and uh being kind of gang tackled by safeties and linebackers in pursuit behind him somewhere around you know what felt like eight to ten yards down the field and you look at the total team number of 358 yards going wow 358 is a pretty big number when's the last time BYU had you know maybe more than that you have to go all the way back to well last year uh, it was the Virginia game it had 380 something I think in that game so uh, it happens we'll take a break when we come back we believe that Mitchell Juergens may have the headset on Chris Brooks and we'll hear from Mitch and Chris when we come back to Stanford Stadium BYU 35 Stanford 26 our final score on the new skin BYU Sports Network Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Around to the, the order of events that we anticipate here is to hear from Mitchell Juergens with Chris Brooks momentarily, and then BYU head coach Kalani Sitake shortly after that, and maybe even some recorded comments with David Shaw, the head coach, the Stanford Cardinal, all during our postgame coverage as we continue from Stanford Stadium. This is Cougar Postgame Live. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson up in the broadcast booth. Mitchell Juergens is down at the BYU locker room area looking to get with Chris Brooks. Chris was our way star star of the game on this day. Hinkley Ropati, uh, not to be overlooked, nine carries for 85 yards and a touchdown and a very exciting 43-yard run for a score. Great acceleration, great stiff arm on the safety, and then top-end speed was there too. It's, uh, you know, I remember hearing so such encouraging things about him coming out of fall camp, and then we didn't see anything from him early on in the season. He gets his first carry against Notre Dame. Talk about a redemption story. First carry against hmm. Notre Dame, fumble. 
And then we don't hear from him again for like four or five games. Uh, injuries to Miles Davis and Chris Brooks dealing with a hamstring. And Lopini Katoa, who missed uh, tonight, uh, kind of led to Hinkley getting a second chance. And I'm glad he did because he's shown uh, quite a bit of promise uh, in his few short opportunities later in this 2022 season. And the most exciting of which, as you said, Greg, was his 43-yard scamper tonight. There were four uh, running backs dressed tonight. Chris Brooks, Hinkley Ropati, Mason Fakahua, Miles Davis. Fakahua and Davis did not play. And, and uh, Lopini Katoa, as coach noted, had been sick, not practicing, didn't travel for this one. So he was not available and ostensibly would be available for the postseason. So the leaders in carries were Chris Brooks with 23, Jaron Hall with 11 for 69 and a score, and then Hinkley Ropati at 9 for 85 and a score. And clearly, BYU's changed the way it wants to use uh, Jaron Hall um, as, as a rusher. Yeah, 11 uh, carries. I mean, that almost calls me back to the 2019 year, right? I don't think he's had that many carries in quite a while. So Jaron Hall um, against USF, five carries, 15. Uh, Bale, and granted, uh, carries in this case do account for sacks Sax. when they happen, yeah. right? Uh, so Jaron Hall, five for 15 against USF, 10 for 28 against Baylor, eight for 19 against Oregon, eight for 17 against Wyoming, three for minus 15 against Utah State, five for 15 against Notre Dame, six for 23 against Arkansas, five for 24 against Liberty. Then you see the numbers come up a little bit, 60 yards on eight carries against ECU, 82 yards on 12 carries against Boise. Uh, Utah Tech was a little different, uh, five for 13 in a score, and then tonight 11 for 69 in a touchdown. And so the rush numbers uh, for Jaron Hall are going up the more he's used uh, as the true dual threat. 10 to 12 carries to me is about the sweet spot, um, but uh, again, I, I mentioned this on air, I'll mention it again in the post game. I like those to be open field carries, meaning between the 20s and not in short yarded situations. Um, look, you just got to face it, it and, and maybe this is something we can talk about in Cougar Nation now, Greg, but you said, um, I said, he's not, I'm not a proponent in short yard situations. You said, how about the quarterback sneak? But he struggles in quarterback sneak. It just is. Like different quarterbacks do some things well, do other things they, they don't do well. He, he does not do well in quarterback sneak. He doesn't get his pad level down. He tries, to, he tries to do a slant quarterback sneak, but also is a little bit reluctant to take shots to his head and shoulders, which you have to do. And uh, so, look, um, BYU has to find something out in, in short yardage, especially fourth down. It, you mentioned the stat, I believe, 6 for 23. Well, yeah, Ralph Sokolowski texted me during the game that uh, that BYU's missed converting on six consecutive, not just fourth downs, but fourth, fourth and, and ones, as it turns out. So, yeah. yeah, I do believe that we can go down to Mitchell Jerkins and Mitchell can converse with uh, Chris Brooks. Let's hear from Mitch and Chris. Okay, on with Chris Brooks here. Chris, heck of a game today. First off, what what does it mean to come away with a win against Stanford in uh, in the last regular season game today? It means a lot for us. You know, we put in a lot of hard work week in, week out. We make sure we have tons of energy, and we wanted to make sure we finished it off on a good note. Awesome. You had a career day today, 23 carries, 164 yards, what, what did this mean? How, how special was this game for you? Because, um, I mean, you had a, had a monster day with, with all those yards. Uh, it, it for sure feels good, but um, there, we still didn't play our best football, I don't think. And I think there was still a lot of money left out there on the table. And I think that um, it's a good learning experience, you know. And I think that 
uh, the best is yet to come, and we still have our best football to look forward to playing. Yeah, your offensive line was fabulous. As a as an entire offensive unit, you re- you rushed for almost 360 yards as an offense. Didn't have to rely, uh, you know, throwing throwing through the air. Um, what's it been like to run behind your offensive line all season, but more specifically for today? Why was it working so well? I think it's been, you know, awesome and a wonderful opportunity to play and run behind this offensive line. I love each and every one of them, and they work their butts off, you know, every day and every week. And uh, I only wish that, you know, I could be better for them. And uh, as an RB room, we could make their jobs easier and that we could just play for them and just play for each other. You've gone through some ups and downs this season. You started 4-1, and one, went you know, had four straight losses, bounced back. Now you've won three straight. Um, what's it been like battling the adversity? How have you guys been able to overcome this and finish the season, potentially winning your last four if you if you win a bowl game? I'd say just staying positive, uh, staying positive, and keeping our head down and just working. Uh, there's no magic trick to uh, fighting adversity. You know, there's no secret, but it's just hard work and uh, just staying in a positive mindset and knowing that there are always better days. Uh, last question for you, Chris. As, as you look uh, to to go to bowl game prep, right, you guys don't know who you're playing yet. You should be finding that out here soon. Um, what's your mindset? What's the team's mindset to finish this season strong with a, with a, a bowl game performance coming up? Our mindset is just to keep on working. Uh, we're going to go to practice. We're going to work hard. We're going to bring tons of energy, and we're going to – play for each other and love each one love each other thanks chris congrats on a good day thanks all right our appreciation to mitchell jurgens and byu running back christopher brooks our coverage will continue from stanford stadium still to come byu head coach kalani sitake and if all goes well some recorded comments from stanford head coach david shaw byu gets out to an early lead seven nothing on the first possession of the game an opening score touchdown for byu opening drive touchdown for byu and the Cougs have now won 27 games in a row now when scoring a touchdown on the opening possession that happened today seven nothing byu stanford made it seven three byu then went up 14 and then 21 to three before stanford made it uh, 21 to nine byu 28 nine and at halftime it was 28 12 on a 58-yard field goal right before the halftime uh, expiration. In the second half, not a lot of scoring. No scoring by either team in the third quarter. In the fourth, BYU scored to make it 35-12. And Stanford got the final two touchdowns, 35-20, 35-26. After the final two scores, that is our final score, 35-26. Cougars over the Cardinal on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Cougar Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Two seven and five on the season, defeating Stanford by a score of thirty-five twenty-six. BYU's now defeated every Pac-12 program. Uh, Stanford was the one team that BYU had yet to defeat. Now, granted, uh, BYU'd had only uh, two opportunities. They came in two thousand three and 2004, and BYU lost both of those. And here in 2022, uh, BYU gets the Cardinal on their home field. 35-26 is our final score. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson with you in the booth. Mitchell Jurgens down on the field. 
and Mitchell's headset uh, will be uh, on Kalani Sitake shortly, and we'll talk with Kalani one-on-one about his team's uh, third consecutive win. And Riley, as we talked about during the uh, during the broadcast, it's BYU's first three-game win streak of the season. The game of streaks, the game of moment, swings uh, and momentum. It happens intra-game. It can happen over the course of a season. And, uh, yeah, it's a great way to finish. Finish strong. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And I talked about this in the pregame, but uh, it still rings true, especially watching a Stanford team. You know, it's interesting watching this Stanford team that um, has just struggled so mightily over the last four years after having such, you know, incredible and unprecedented success in mm-hmm. the, you know, in the decade prior to the recent struggles uh momentum is a very real thing that once you lose it uh, it's it can be hard to to gain back as we see with stanford so this game builds momentum going into the off season it's going to be vital as the byu prepares for the big 12 yeah david shaw the only four-time pac-12 coach of the year is now on a five-game losing streak and a run of four consecutive losing seasons no less it has kind of fallen apart for stanford and the question is uh, you know just how much leeway uh you know will a cardinal give him as he, uh, you know, as he tries to get uh, the uh, ship righted, so Stanford loses five in a row as BYU wins three in a row for the first time this season. BYU 35, Stanford 26 is our final, and again in a season of phases. We hope this phase continues the way it's been as BYU went four and one, then an 0 and four phase, and now a three and zero phase. Hopefully, it becomes a four and zero phase as the Cougars head into the postseason. And as we say that. We bring in BYU's head football coach, Kalani Sitake. For the final time in this regular season, Kalani, congratulations to you and the boys on today's win. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and you get to say you beat Stanford now. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's cutting. Okay, you got me? We, we do have you momentarily. I think we got you now. Yeah, that, that's uh, I mean, to be able to do that and, uh, you know, come out with a win and, and – All right, we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to maybe just take a brief little break. Let me see if we can reposition Kalani and get a little clearer connection as we continue on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 35, Stanford 26 is our final. BYU wins a third consecutive game. Kalani Sitake with us on the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. Uh, it's brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Kalani, first three-game win streak of the season. Does it feel like that? Yeah, it felt great. I mean, I <laughs> you know, I just love seeing the guys get out there and play and compete, and I'm um, just, just happy to do it in front of our fans. That, that, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, all the fans that came here tonight, and then they were all on the field afterwards. And so uh, just an just a, a overall fun experience, and just glad our guys are create some momentum and build some more before we go to the bowl game. Yeah, you just said do it in front of our fans. You're not in your stadium, Kalani. No, no, and, and, but this is what happens. Everywhere we go, the, the fans show up, and, and uh, I mean, it felt like we had home field advantage. I mean, there's a, a point where the defense was getting the – you know the, the fans going, and then they're cheering and making a lot of noise. And, and um, man, it just—it's just so nice to have uh, Cougar Nation out there helping us out and supporting us, and, and being a, a competitive advantage for us. 
Coach, uh, overwhelmed so many positives to talk about today, but I'm going to forget this question if I don't ask it right now. And uh, Ralph Sokolowski, longtime statistician, has has been keeping a trend on fourth and one. Uh, the offense is 0 for their last six, and in those last six attempts, and throughout the season, there haven't been any handoffs to a fullback. Now, we got a couple of wide receivers, you know, in Roderick and Fessy, I think, who are the main diagrammers of these plays. You as a former fullback, do you need to maybe exert some more uh, influence on the, on the short yardage information, hand it off to a guy with a little bit more weight in his shorts, or what's going on in the fourth and short situations? Uh, we got to figure it out, but yeah, I mean, I'm not taking over the fourth and short, but maybe I should, you know, um, or just kick the field goal. But uh, um, I just—it just seems like it's so close, you know. And maybe I said it in the press conference, nothing against our coaches. Maybe we're overthinking it. Maybe just keep it simple. And the way Chris was running tonight, I thought he could run over everybody and and, and get the first down. But um, you know, we, we've got to flip that around and and make it a. a I think if we do that, and we in this game, I don't know how many fourth down we had in this game. Was it two? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, we and and we've just got to just got to make it an advantage for us. It's always been good for us in the past, and and uh, for some reason this year is not working. And that's um, I don't know. There's a probably a, a variety of reasons, but um, I'm sure we could figure it out. Coach, three sacks tonight on the defensive end. Was that something that uh, you felt was was going to happen? Was a little bit of a surprise? I know one of them came on a dialed-up corner blitz. That was a nice one. The other ones looked like just some good old-fashioned pass rush. Yeah, I, and I, I keep thinking about the ones that we missed, you know, so I, I know that there are some that we missed as well. And um, I don't know. We, we, we wanted to take away the run game, and I thought we could do that with some of our odd front stuff that we had. And, some of the uh, the movement up front with our D line, and um, you know, I, I thought we were getting to the in in, in uh, the view of, of Tanner, but uh, you have to give him credit, man. He's a really good quarterback, and, and um, you know, if you, if you don't disrupt his timing, then then he he can torch you. And, and I mean, I, I thought he made some good plays. I thought I thought we had some good opportunities too, but um, just couldn't couldn't disrupt him enough. I, I like the three sacks, but I, I wish it could have been more. Our valuable stat of the game is brought to you by Economics Partners. Whether for tax, financial reporting, or strategic purposes, when your business needs a valuation, the right partner is Economics Partners. Learn more at econpartners.com. There are two I want to throw at you. Uh, The first one is this, Kalani. Since you've been the head coach, you've never lost a road game. You're now 12-0 on the road when your team scores a touchdown on the first possession, as BYU did tonight. And overall, BYU's won 26 in a row. Now 27 in a row when you just score a touchdown on the first drive. That's what it all comes down to. <laughs> the forget start, the, the, forget the fourth the and short. Let's, <laughs> let's get the touchdown on the first Yeah, what's all this got to play 60 minutes thing? Don't tell the team that because then, then <laughs> they won't play the rest of the, the game. Yeah. But No, that's a that's a, a cool stat. I, 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 um, you know, I, I think uh, when, when the offense is clicking, we're really good, you know. You love going to the dentist, right? Other inflammatory health conditions can be there uh, from just abandoning the run. That could be really good for us. So we, we can win games in a lot of a variety of ways. This is just the simplest one to do, way this, to do it. Yeah, this, the second stat I wanted to put at you is this. Now, my records go back to 1972, and this is the first game going back to 1972 when Lavelle started, right? 1972. Um, no penalties against BYU. Zero penalties. And that was after a rough week against Utah Tech where there were all kinds of flags and a lot of yards, Kalani, and then zero today. Yeah, and, and I, th- I thought the guys were a little bit chippy in that game and then um, played with a little bit more anger than they needed to. This one, I think the guys were 
poised and and um, you know look at it. It's, it was a pretty clean game for for that many run run plays not to have a, a holding. A yeah, and, yeah. And, and I didn't see a lot of them either. So so the guys played well. In fact, if there's anything that you caught it could have uh, been worried about, it's the extra the extra put, the linemen were downfield and and finishing blocks towards the end, and, and that's the only one I, I kept telling our guys to be smart about. But uh, our, our guys are are, are 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 smart players, and when they play with a, a good mindset and don't 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 play with anger, but you play with love, I think it all works out. And the guys play a lot more disciplined football. Coach, you mentioned in your press conference you've been having uh, with the bye week so late in the season, and of course as we're as we've uh, put a close to the regular season, having a lot of conversations with your players, help the listeners out there understand the dynamic that your player that a lot of your players find themselves in, where they have uh, completed their degree academically yet still have athletic. Uh, eligibility and kind of find themselves a, a little bit in limbo. How, how are these guys approaching that or, or managing that as far as coming back and, and potentially playing an, a, an extra year, but also feeling some pressure to maybe, uh, you know, move on with life and seek other opportunities? Well, I, I think when it comes to football, it's really hard. I, I wish I had another year to play. And, uh, and I, I don't want our guys to regret that. And obviously some guys have – other obligations and 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 want to start working um other guys want to go play football at the next level um but there's nothing like college football and nothing like byu and so um try to con- you know talk to them convince them that this is where they want to be but at the, at the end of the day it's their decision the last thing i want is for a, a young man to wish he would, had moved on and and you know and instead he's here playing football for us so there's a lot of hungry uh, players out there that want to play for BYU and want to get on the field, and and they're just uh, whether it's through competition or, or their their numbers called. Uh, there's a lot of talent, a lot of guys that are willing to play this game and want to be at BYU. And so, uh, I think the key is to just uh, give our guys as much information and let them know that we love them. We want them to come back and play and help our team. Uh, you know, go into the Big 12. But um, once again, it's their decision, and I want them to. to you know, prayerfully think about it and, and include their families, and whatever they decide, we, we go with it. Back to what you said uh, earlier in the post game uh, with the main media about uh, Jaron Hall. Your initial comment was that X-rays were clean and looks like he'll be okay for the postseason. Yeah, I thought he could have gone again, and, and, and if you talk to him, he, he said he's had worse uh, uh, injuries, so he's he's feeling pretty good about it right now. Is it just a sprain in the locker room? Yeah, I think it's. Um, and they did the x-rays, came back negative. I think that was the biggest worry is to see what the x-rays would show. And, and um, so I think he's going to be fine. I mean, I, I'm not a doctor, but I think they can, They don't need to do any more tests on him. Let's just give him bath salt and uh, <laughs> ba- you know, salt, just, just, just get him in a, some Epsom salt bath and, and uh, just you know hydrate him and let's get ready to roll with this bowl game. How about uh, Keanu Hill and Keenan Peely? Anything on them? Yeah, uh, Keanu Hill should be fine. Um, and just... It doesn't seem like anything that's going to be too um, serious. And then um, Keenan, uh, same thing. I, I think he'll be fine for the bowl game. Okay, so what do you think uh, or when do you think you'll find out uh, when and where the team is headed? I think they're doing this thing where they want everybody to know later after uh, championship weekend and all that. But Which is next weekend, right? Yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, I, we'll, we'll just we'll just keep ready and we'll have to work a little bit next week. But uh, I want the guys to get healthy, but at the same time need need to start working a little bit too and taking advantage of the extra time that we have with our with our young guys especially. Last thing Kalani, kind of interesting how the season was phases, right? Uh you open up 4 and 1, 
Then you have the Orange 4 October. Now you haven't lost since. You're 3-0. and It would be nice to finish it off with a little four-game win streak and, 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 and send, your, send yourself into the offseason at 8-5. and five. Well, a lot of guys are on our team remember um, what it was like when we went to the, um, you know, to, to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport. Didn't think our, our mindset was right that game, and um, and I think UAB wanted it more than us, and that was a good learning lesson for our, for our guys. But now um, I think they're really excited about this bowl game, and whoever the opponent is, we're, we're just excited to play it. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see the progress that we'll make from the next uh, few weeks before we get to the bowl game. I, I think this is going to be really helpful for us. Maybe the last, last thing. Nice to see Houston Hamuli get some offensive snaps against his old team. And you talked in the pregame with me about how, for you and him and other guys, just being back in the Bay Area is, is a good vibe, right? Yeah, and you saw his – I mean, he was a team captain here. You saw how how they all went to him, uh, you know, at midfield when we were um, embracing and, and shaking hands after the game. Uh, he's he's really loved here, and just like he is at BYU um, – I'm just glad he was able to get on the field and make some plays. I mean, I thought he played really, really well. And um, but you know, maybe on fourth down, we'll see if we give give these guys the rock a little bit. Him and Mason, or some some of those guys, or uh, I don't know. But but I I know that he's really happy about getting this win. I know he's really happy about going to a bowl game. You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Grubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel. BYU tonight defeating Stanford 35-26 in what is now the final game David Shaw has coached and will coach for Stanford. Statement coming out from Stanford moments ago. David Shaw announced following Saturday's game that he will step down from his position effective immediately. This reading from the Stanford Statement. Shaw, a former Stanford football student athlete and the winningest head coach in program history, leaves with a record of 96-54. and 54. Shaw was honored with the 2017 Bobby Dodd National Coach of the Year Award and led Stanford to three Pac-12 titles and two Rose Bowl victories in 12 seasons. This is the quote from David Shaw. After many prayers and multiple discussions with my wife, one phrase keeps coming to me, it's time, Shaw said. There are not sufficient words to describe the love and gratitude I feel for my family, all of my former and current players, my staff, this administration, and the entire Stanford family. Thank you all. The AD, Bernard Muir, says, I would like to thank David for his immense contributions to Stanford. David has represented Stanford football as both a player and a coach with unwavering grace, humility, and integrity. He's cared tremendously for each and every student-athlete in this program while helping them pursue their full academic and athletic potential. David will forever remain a valued member of the Stanford football family and an integral part of the storied history of the program. I hope Cardinal fans everywhere will join me, said the AD, in thanking David and his family for their extraordinary years of service and wishing them all the best in their next chapter. And uh, David Shaw here at Stanford Stadium has been meeting with the media and said that he just told his team what you are now hearing uh, in this statement released by Stanford just literally moments ago. So BYU defeats Stanford and ends David Shaw's Stanford coaching career. And here's the way his career went as head coach. 2011, 11-2, Fiesta Bowl. 
2012, 12 and 2, Rose Bowl. 2013, 11 and 3, Rose Bowl. 2014, 8 and 5, Foster Farms Bowl. 2015, 12 and 2, Rose Bowl. 2016, 10 and 3, Sun Bowl. 2017, 9 and 5, Alamo Bowl. 2018, 9 and 4, Sun Bowl. So first eight years, eight winning seasons, eight bowl appearances. And since 2019, 4 and 8. 2020, 4 and 2. 2021, 3 and 9. 2022, 3 and 8. So there was a winning record in there, albeit it was a 4 and 2 record during the COVID season. So since the last bowl appearance for Stanford, the Sun Bowl in 2018, no more than four wins in any season. And this season he ends up 3 and 9. So back to back, 3 and 9 years to end the Stanford tenure for David Shaw. David Shaw announcing his resignation just uh, moments ago. In, uh, I, I mean, can't say it's that surprising. College football today, it's it's so rigorous, which makes guys like you know Nick Saban, who have been doing it for so long, you just you sit back and you wonder how. And you hear rumors, Michigan beats Ohio State today, but you hear rumors that John Harbaugh might hang it up in all of those things. Uh, Jim Harbaugh? Or, I'm sorry, Jim, yeah. No, John Harbaugh is still going strong for the Ravens. Uh, but Jim at Michigan, you keep hearing those rumors, but uh, it keeps coming back. And I, interestingly, last last week I had a conversation with a former teammate of mine, Shane Hunter, who's chosen college football as a, a former BYU middle linebacker and uh, is in the coaching profession. He coaches for Utah Tech. He and I sat together and watched the Utah high school state championship games. He was on the staff with Virgin, with uh, Bronco Mendenhall at Virginia, who last, after last season surprisingly um, walked away from coaching. Uh, I think Broncos is probably more of a momentary and remains to be seen if David Shaw is done for good or is just hitting a reset but Shane had a couple of insights one of them was you know people don't realize how it's at certain institutions BYU thrived during COVID but it was tremendously difficult and just Shane said the COVID season at Virginia because of the state and university and all the other regulations and everything else, it was the equivalent of maybe two or three seasons as far as the stress that was necessary through all the protocols and things like that. I got to imagine a place like San Francisco, you know, or the Bay area and here at Stanford, I got to imagine probably similar something for David Shaw. And then ultimately too, you just get to a point in your life with your family and you've been doing it for so long where, um, you know, it's time to either go on to other pursuits or hit the pause button uh, until, you know, you find out whether or not you still have the juice left in you and the motivation to go and do what's necessary to succeed uh, as a major Division One college football coach. What are the chances the name Bronco Mendenhall pops up during the Stanford coaching search? <laughs> wow. Didn't even think about that, but you say it, and I mean, a guy who's – was it a place like BYU that has very interesting um, recruiting uh, kind of dynamics? Right. Uh, Virginia was similar. So clearly uh, Stanford is. Boy, and, yeah. and, I mean, again, he, Bronco likes the notion of doing something beyond just football. football. And Stanford's always been that always been that program, right? They, they, they're they they're as invested in, in, in academics as they are anything else. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's uh, I mean, Virginia, I mean, Charlottesville wasn't exactly, you know, the coast it's it's coastal but like san francisco puts them really close to the ocean now all yeah. right the bronco could really get kidding? to his really get to his ocean <laughs> they'd make here. him put it in his in his contract that he couldn't surf mavericks because no one bronco he would try <laughs> yeah I, I mean clearly uh you know bronco's going to coach again 
and and a place like Stanford is a place with again ideals that I think appeal uh, to someone like Bronco. And so I, I think they'd be obviously foolish to not at least test the waters with him uh, to see if this might be a, a potential fit because uh, you know he'd be he'd be wonderful wherever he ends up for sure. But there it is. Uh, BYU defeats Stanford and. Moments after the loss, Stanford's putting out a statement. Um, again, clearly this was well-prepared. This right. was not just, oh, I lost a game, emotions. No, he said this was weeks in the making. And I think win or lose, it sounds like this was maybe going to be it for him. Yeah, um, I mean, the, when the AD has a drafted response that's right. as long as it was, yeah. this was something that had been pre-planned. Yeah. So win or lose, it sounds like. But either way, the last game he coaches at Stanford is a 35-26 loss to BYU. Mitchell Jurgens has now joined us in the broadcast booth. Greg Grubel with Riley Nelson and Mitchell Jurgens. It is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN. I haven't been yet on the Twitter to see if anyone's out there, but if you have any questions or comments for us, hashtag BYUCNN is the way to get it in. Uh, an eventful night. Uh, Jaron Hall leaves the game injured, ideally not too seriously. Uh, David Shaw coaches his last game at Stanford. BYU had more fans in the f- stands, it felt like, Mitch. Uh, was that your vibe, too, down there? Oh, certainly. I mean, it was... Uh um, we knew BYU would represent well, and I think with the season, I mean, in any maybe typical Stanford season when they're filling more seats, it's probably going to be more red than blue. But with the you know, because it, it, I mean, it wasn't even close to a packed stadium. Uh, but BYU represented well. Um, uh, the majority of the BYU fans were opposite uh, your view, right? So you're, you're looking at the, the stands um, on the far side, but on the near side, um, uh, yeah, just it, it, it didn't measure up. And so they, they represented well. They got their defensive chance going in or, you know, coming in strong. And, and I think BYU fed off that energy. So um, uh, eventful, I, I thought it was interesting too. I did not catch the Keanu Hill injury until after the game when they were talking about it. But I guess when BYU didn't throw as much as they did, there wasn't the attention wasn't on the receivers. But um, the hope is with, with Jaron, Keanu, um, uh, Peely, I mean, there were some key injuries. Hopefully those guys can rest up, heal up uh, in preparation for a bowl game and, and um, uh, BYU can come back healthy and, and ready to go for uh, a potentially fourth win in a row. Hashtag BYUCNN for Greg and Riley and Mitch. Uh, Branson on uh, Twitter said he loved hearing Kalani say that uh, Houston Haymouli might just get the rock on short yardage at some point if it's fourth down or otherwise uh, as they try and find out the answer to some fourth, uh, some short yardage situations. Uh, and Matt Johnson emailed in, and I'm mad at myself because I wanted to. Now, Kalani already addressed it. He addressed it with Mitch at halftime. Then he addressed it in the other main uh, media about that halftime situation. But I wanted to actually dive deeper into it to get his thoughts on this because Matt emails in. He says, any idea what happened with the field goal at the end of the half? Stanford player makes a first down with one second left. That's exactly the way I saw it. The clock should have started once the ball was marked ready for play, which is true. How did they get the field goal unit in before the clock expired? Kalani said the official told him the clock malfunctioned. Doesn't seem like you need a functioning clock to know that you can't get the field goal unit on the field in one second. That's exactly it. I thought he was down with one second. The, pl- the, the clock went to zeros. That's the malfunction they're talking about. And so at that point, the official says, um, you know, one second should go back on the clock. And he does. But by that time, the field goal units come on the field. They're ready to go. And they're ready to go. In reality, what ideally looked to benefit BYU, triple zeros on the clock, was actually not benefiting BYU because it was looked at as a malfunction, quote-unquote. If the clock uh, operator done his job properly, stopping it at one, 
the half would have ended without Stanford getting a, an opportunity to kick a field goal. I wish I'd gone deeper into that with Kalani, but that appears to be the situation. The malfunction of the clock, in other words, it going to triple zeros, let Stanford get its unit ready to when the official said ready for play, they could kick a field goal. But it should never it should never have been allowed to happen. Yeah, they sent it on when the ref realized that it had gone to zero. I had my I had my eyes on the white hat the whole time, and you know the white hat stands uh, I think about ten yards behind the line of scrimmage, and then he has to come up to the line of scrimmage to make the announcement. And Stanford had resigned to go to halftime, and then when they see the ref come out, nobody had blown it dead, and when they see the ref come out to make the announcement as he was moving from his position from behind 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage to the line of scrimmage to announce over the microphone to have the clock operator put one second left that's when they ran the field goal unit on in those you know however many seconds that took and then as Kalani said he knew that they were going to simultaneously as the whistle goes snap the ball which would have technically given them enough time even though uh, anyway it was a big snafu BYU called timeout on top of that with one second left and it gave them all. So, but it should never even got to that point. In typical chain movers, it takes at least three, four seconds before, because even if you go quick, you move the you move the chains, and once the chain moves, the clock starts again. And yeah, there's, I mean, you would have TCU had what was it like it, last week? They had yeah. like 15 seconds. Yeah. They ran the they ran the field goal unit on and kicked it less than five seconds to go, and that yeah. that play took ten, you know to 12 seconds to you know get the whole unit on and that was super quick right and i mean there's no way they could have done yeah, it unless, at least it wasn't um pivotal at the end of the game because that would have been a real controversy um i mentioned that uh, with kalani that dating back to 1972 byu had no penalty or this is the first penalty free game going back to 1972 uh, Stephen baldwin notes that our friends at byu tv said the last time byu played penalty free was actually 1965 against uh, colorado state but uh, very ex- it was excellent to see BYU get uh, as, as clean as it was after last week's very untidy game against uh, Utah Tech. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, continue. If you want to chat with us, you can do so. Hashtag BYUCNN. We also hope to hear some recorded comments from David Shaw that he gave to uh, the media a short time ago. David Shaw quitting as Stanford coach in the wake of tonight's loss to BYU 35-26. He says this was a discussion uh, weeks in the making, a decision weeks in the making after discussions with his family. And so David Shaw's tenure is done after 12 seasons as Stanford's head coach. He ends at 96 and 54. So exactly 150 games coached by Stanford's winningest ever head coach, David Shaw, and his tenure is done on the farm. We'll take a break. More from Stanford on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Okay, it's almost 2 a.m. Mountain Time. It's almost 4 a.m. back where I was in the Bahamas all week. Body Clock's having a lot of fun this week. Uh, let's do this. Here's our plan. We want to give the uh, two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream out. And so let's do that with a trivia question we'll give to you seconds from now. And then we hope to hear some comments from Stanford's now departing head coach, David Shaw, in what will be our final segment of Cougar Nation now. So let's get uh, the trivia out of the way. It is brought to you by... BYU Creamery, as this is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Time for Inside Scoop Trivia. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today. 
Okay, so BYU's headed for a bowl game. It will be the Cougars' 40th bowl game. The Cougars have been in 39 bowl games. The Cougars' bowl record is 16-22-1. Long preamble, but here we go. So each of BYU's last 28 bowl games has been against a different opponent. That is, in these 28 bowl games, the most recent 28, they've repeated none of their opponents. It's been 28 unique opponents in each of the last 28 bowl games. But there is a team that BYU's played three times in the postseason. What is that team? First correct answer using hashtag BYUCNN wins two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. You have to use hashtag BYUCNN, and it's the first correct answer that crosses my timeline. Hashtag BYUCNN, first correct answer on my timeline, which is the only program to have played BYU three times in a bowl game. The only program to have played BYU three times in a bowl game, which is it? Noting that each of BYU's last 28 bowl games have been against 28 different opponents. No repeats. But there has been a team that has repeated with BYU three times. We're looking for the only team to have played BYU in a bowl game three separate times. And I could have asked this question. I didn't. But there are three programs that have played BYU multiple times in the postseason. That's a good one, too. But the one we're going with is which team has played BYU three times in a bowl game? First correct answer using hashtag BYUCNN wins two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. Riley, do you approve of the question? Are you okay with the question? Do you want to Well, check my guess? Oh, Riley's already uh, See if I won. Riley's already submitted. Riley does try and get in first. And again, whether or not he does, it's, it's immaterial. Um, he's illegal. It's illegal for Riley to win stuff on the program. Uh, let's see. I'll be one of the first ones. Uh, Riley guess. No, you really believe that? I, th- I was thinking like <laughs> old school bowl games. I was trying to think of like old games. A 28 bowl games goes back to when? Uh, that goes takes back, you back to, to 1987. Yeah. So I was like trying to think about like old games. No, the, the like the, weird opponent, kind of weird opponents. No, like they were, but they were brutal. They were, they were. They were. They were. They were, they were they would never get to bowl games back in the day. Riley's answer was UTEP. Uh, yeah, maybe I got like UTEP and SMU and like, I don't know, those Texas schools. There's, <laughs> there's too many of them, yeah, Mitch. Uh, but uh, then right after you, the correct answer came in. A gentleman named Brian said Ohio State, and that is correct. Three times BYU's played Ohio State. Wow. The 1982 Holiday Bowl, 1985 Citrus Bowl, and 1993 Holiday Bowl. So there you go. That 1993 Holiday Bowl was the first bowl game I ever worked on the BYU radio broadcast crew, football crew, 1993. back when bowls used to mean something. How many Big bowls time. do you think there were back then? Yeah, probably like 17. Yeah, right. Now yeah. what? We're 105. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Ohio State's the answer. By the way, the three teams to have played BYU multiple times in the postseason, of course, Ohio, Ohio State. State, three times. Oklahoma State. Twice. In fact, the first two bowl games BYU played were against Oklahoma State. Hmm. And the other multiple, uh, UCLA. One Vegas Bowl, and when was the other one? 1986 Freedom Bowl. See, I'm foggy. After uh, after the Holiday Bowl against Michigan, I'm foggy on those 80s bowls. Congrats to at BH Gurn, a.k.a. Brian. On uh, Twitter, he says Ohio State. Ohio State came in as the first correct answer. Uh, just a random sampling of the other guesses beyond Riley's UTEP. There was an Oklahoma. Oklahoma State was close. San Diego State was in there. Uh, Arizona. Another UTEP to make you feel good. 
uh, Riley came in. Wyoming, San Diego State, Oregon, Indiana State, Utah, uh, Hawaii, Oklahoma State, more Ohio State. There you go. Ohio State is the correct answer. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll hear from uh, David Shaw, who has stepped down as Stanford's head coach. His team falls to BYU 35-26. We'll conclude Cougar Nation now, hearing from Stanford's departing head coach after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Well, I promised you some comments from David Shaw. Unfortunately, his statement that we read to you a short time ago will have to suffice. Uh, the audio just wasn't, uh, uh, I think, of the caliber. We, I couldn't really understand Riley. We heard, we heard it in the, in the commercial break. Tough to hear exactly what he was saying. Um, so uh, we'll have to just let it suffice that he uh, stepped down as a Stanford's head coach following tonight's game and a loss to BYU 35-26. And that will wrap it up for tonight's BYU football broadcast coming to you from the farm. So our appreciation to all those that made the broadcast possible back at BYU Radio, our control board operators, Logan Gardner and Sean O'Neill, our engineer, Barry Squires, our coordinating producer, Terry South, and our studio host, Jason Shepard, our broadcast intern, Colton Potter. Our intern here in Stanford was Brett Hammer. Our engineers, Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman. And our sp- our spotter, uh, Jake Murphy tonight. Great job by Jake. Appreciation to our stats interns, uh, Grant Nielsen and Ty Witt, and to Ralph Sokolowski for, for his contributions as well. That leaves just the man to my far left. Riley Nelson. And the man to my near left. Mitchell Jurgens. My name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you all for tuning in. Final score, 35-26, BYU over Stanford. BYU's next game will come in a bowl game to be determined and announced, and we look forward to bringing that to you. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.